Hey, it's Sharon, and here's where it gets interesting. Raise your hand if you want Salon Perfect Nails for just $2 a manicure. Yeah, me too. With the Alvin June Manny system, you can say goodbye to expensive services that take hours and hours and love your nails more than ever. I would know I've been doing it for years. Get 20% off your first Manny system with code PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. That's PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paul Hawksby. And this is Luke Moore. And uh, we've had the H&J Daily. Uh, let's start that again. What about we've had the h <laughs> Sorry, I've lost the plot. We'll do it again. Sorry, Luke. Here we go. One okay. more time. This is Paul Hawksby. And I am Luke Moore. And uh, Luke is uh, sitting in for Andy and uh, will be over the next couple of weeks where Andy's taking a break. And um, we've got some good stuff on today. We had a really yeah. interesting guy, a fascinating young film director called Jack Spring. The UK's youngest, apparently, but definitely the tallest uh, yeah. film director talking about his uh, movie coming out, Destination Dewsbury. Looks a lot of fun. If you've ever fancied making a film, one day you're going to fund it. You won't believe how he did it. So uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's definitely one to yeah. listen out for. Uh, also, uh, George Sampson, the winner of the second Britain's Got Talent, joined us, breakdancer, because... It could be an Olympic sport. It? It's got um, it's got dance battles. It's got hype men. Yeah, it's got all sorts going on. George spoke to us very eloquently about it and about the fact that he's about to become an Emmerdale superstar. As That's well. right. Yeah, yeah. You'll hear all about that. Uh, we had a bit of a chat about various matters as well. Some of it serious, some of it not. A Toblerone themed special. Yeah, Toblerones. Yeah, uh, will feature quite heavily over the next <laughs> half an hour. So enjoy. In some ways, there was as much going on in the other game. I'll take it people have seen highlights today, the uh, Atletico versus uh, Juventus game, and there were some bad decisions being made in that one as well, weren't there? Yep. Doesn't seem to be getting um, getting any better. Doesn't seem to be solving the problems that it's it's been designed to, to, to solve. I mean, I understand it's still early early days, and and I just I can't help but feel that, you know, that the laws of the game as we know them and as we understand them and... and, and and all that they're just not not really geared up for 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 technology and for VAR and all that kind of stuff. I mean, to me, interpretation is really important. It's a key part of um, refereeing, and everyone's never going to be happy. I mean, if, we, yeah. if, we, if we're if we're trying to pursue this future where everyone's happy with every single decision, the way the sport works is is it's not going to allow for that. And I think we have to be honest with that. I think we have to not pursue technology because it's available because it's there for its own sake. To me, it has to be a bit more thoughtful than that. I was a, I was a big fan of it. I, thought, I was really looking forward to it working well. And I think in, in the World Cup we did see sort of signs that it could work well. But subsequently, I, honestly, I think last night was the point. A couple of things happened last night, not it's necessarily a point in the for city. You, yeah. yeah, it was. I just yeah. thinking. We've, we can't do this. It can only be, it can't be judgment calls. It's just got to be line calls. Much like we've got with the, the watch technology for, the, it takes a few seconds to find out whether a ball has crossed the line. It's brilliant. No one's going to argue yeah. with that. Binary are decisions really? are fine. Binary Although, decisions can be done. Even them players crowd round referees and yeah. say it hasn't crossed <laughs> yeah, the line. Yeah, well, yeah. he's got a watch on, yeah. which tells him yeah. it has. Yeah. But I mean, why can't we just introduce for a line call, like offsides, the technology we think is there 
for it to be a, a, an automatic line call, wouldn't it? You yeah. would think there must yeah. be technology. It must be pretty close. The, the key, the key, the, the, the problem comes when you are looking at a decision which, as I've said a second ago, the referee has to interpret. Yeah. I mean, we've seen this in the, I mean, a few years ago in the Super Bowl, which is in NFL, of course, which is which is well used to having all these cameras everywhere, and they and they and they use those to make decisions. Doesn't solve in the Super Bowl. There was a catch. Uh, Carolina Panthers. Cam Newton quarterback. I forget who the receiver was. They couldn't decide whether it was a catch or not. And they had eight different cameras. And I was over in the US at the time. Yeah. It went on for ages. But I'm telling you now, Paul. Two or three days later, they were still talking about it in the in the newspapers and on the sports discussion programs because no one could decide. And that's the problem. Yeah. If you're applying it as you've mentioned fairly there to a binary issue, there's no problem. When you're talking about interpretation of refereeing. Different referees in different leagues having different opinions. Um, it, it gets you into problems. Really, yeah, it really does. Absolutely. Offside, balls uh, crossing the line, that's fine. It's got to the point where I was thinking last night, the reason we really wanted this technology is that people who were watching at home on TV or people in studios, pundits, had an advantage over the officials because they could get a replay. That's mm. really all we wanted. I don't think anybody ever said, oh, we need another referee up in a box uh, with their decision so we get a second yeah. opinion on it. So... Why have referees? I was thinking last night, why not just afford the technology to the referee? So if the referee's not sure about a moment in the game, it's always then his call. He can check again. So yeah. he can always say, I'm not sure about that. I'd like another look at it. Mm. You know, the, the, the guys in the TV studio can line that up for him. He only has to say, I want to go back and look at that. And you can rock and roll over a tackle, whatever you like. Because already we've got assistant referees helping referees make calls. They say... Not sure about that, Mike. You, you know, you might want to go back and look at that. They'd still be doing that job because they'd have an angle on it. Yeah. So why do we have another referee in the box? We don't need one. There was a decision. And also, the other thing they do is watching stuff back in slow-mo. I mean, last night, I don't know if people have seen it, uh, Alvaro Morata had a, a, what looked like a perfectly good goal chalked off. Uh, Chiellini, Chiellini thing, yeah, yeah, Chiellini, yeah. went up for a header together. Chiellini had been out-jumped. And like, you know, they are kings at this, Juve. He kind of threw himself to the ground because he knew he wasn't going to get to the ball. Yeah. There's a slight, there's a touch, really. They mimic in the real, idea that they've been pushing the back, yeah, basically. It's yeah, a real yeah. time, it's a touch. Watch it in slow-mo, looks like he's been shoved. But in yeah. real time, it doesn't. But they rocked and rolled over it, and they yeah. watched the push. And yeah, okay, he's touched him. But when does a centre half ever challenge with a centre forward and they don't touch each other? It's a perfectly good goal. I think so that's why, a, yeah, it's I, daft. I can't see why they use slow mo all over. It's an issue, the slow mo thing, because it makes everything gives everything a distorted view. It makes things can make things look a lot worse. To me, I also am a bit uncomfortable with the idea that VAR is the only way to improve refereeing. It seems to be that, and what I mentioned a second ago about that just because the technology is there doesn't mean you have to use it. Mm. Alongside that, it felt like because the technology was there and was possible to be used it all of a sudden became the panacea and the only option whereas there are actually many other options you could look like if, you, if your genuine intention is to get as many refereeing decisions right as possible VAI isn't necessarily the answer mm. you might get down the road and you decide that it is but it doesn't have to be the answer I mean there's th lots of other things you can do the fourth official is a fairly new thing the fifth and sixth official behind the goals in European competitions are a fairly new thing if, if you can do that you could possibly trial something like having an extra referee on the pitch if you want I mean yeah. they're not realistically going to get in the way and they might be able to help out the, the main referee the chief referee whatever you want to call him and all of a sudden you haven't opened this Pandora's box that you can't now, now the genie's out the bottle we can't put it back in no. we're going to get it in the Premier League next season how it's going to be applied is up to Mike Riley, I guess, and, and, and his his colleagues. Could be a different story. We might see it a bit better. But I, I, to me, 
it feels like an impossible way of applying the rules as they've been yeah. written because they were written and they, and don't forget Paul they've only been amended two or three times in history when they're first written what in the 19th century yeah they've only really been amended a few times they're not written for that in mind and we're, we're looking if we're not careful we're going to see like a wholesale change of how the game's officiated which is going to change everything we're uh, we'll be chatting to Luke more uh, sorry Luke that's what we're talking to Luke more now we're talking to Luke, too many Lukes uh, Luke Edwards who was there for the Telegraph in the stadium last night um, he's very pro as far as I know so um, we'll see what he made of it but I was very pro but I've got to be honest I'm losing faith with, with every iffy decision just um, we'll, we'll ch chat more about that in a moment yeah. I'm anxious to find out in a bit of a straw poll from the listeners today who's got a Toblerone and who hasn't <laughs> I was quite shocked that our old mate Henry Winter was uh, tweeting a picture from the Bristol City Club shop when he was on FA Cup duty the other day and in the club shop they've got their own branded Toblerone Bristol City Toblerone Is that a sign that you've definitely made it as well, a club? I, well I suppose so yeah I thought is that a one off and uh, we were kind of looking around and uh, our assistant producer went Oh, Celtic have got a Toblerone. Mm. So I've got no more than that. All I've got is it's branded. It's got Bristol City FC, your personal Toblerone edition. I don't think Tottenham have got a Toblerone. No, I, have, I, have Pompey got I don't a think they have. I, was in the, I would have been in the club shop back end of last year. I don't remember seeing one. And and so that would be interesting a, to find out. I want out. a Toblerone. Yeah. I, don't, I, I, I can I've pop got the shop in the break <clears> and get you one. No, I don't even like Toblerone. <laughs> but why have Bristol City and Celtic got one and I haven't? I can't remember which comedian it was, but someone <laughs> once said it's not a chocolate bar, it's a weapon. I think it, it is. Isn't it? Those big ones you buy at the airport are like a cosh. You shouldn't be allowed to no. board a plane with one, should you? It should really? be broken up into bits. It should be, um, yeah. And because of this show, I was on, on this show yesterday, this is what it's reduced me to. Last night, I spent quite a lot of time on the Auto Trader website looking to see if you can get four Capris. Because <laughs> Peter Taylor was selling one yesterday. Yeah. There's actually a decent one on here. Um, it's a 1985, and it's only done 34,000 miles. Really? Amazing. 20 grand it is, though. What is it? is it? It's not the three-litre one, is it? The It's the, it's the, it's the um, 2.8-litre hatchback. Uh, a friend of mine had the three litre one and when you turned the corner when you often turned the corner too quickly the old back end would fly back yeah. he had to put a lump of concrete in the boot maybe that's to why keep Peter, it stable maybe that's why Peter that's Taylor why was, Peter was trying to get rid of yeah. it yeah. anyway uh, we move on from Caprice but I, I would like to know if your club's got a Toblerone or a Capri yeah or a Capri <laughs> the club Capri yeah. why have you got one and I haven't Talksport.com, text 81089. Let's build up a picture of these select band. Of, I mean, it's quite disparate, isn't it? Bristol City and Celtic so far. I can see no link. Confirmed. No, there is definitely no link there. Talksport.com, text 81089, tweet TSH&J. Let us know if you've got your own Toblerone in the club shop. Um, we are going to continue down the VAR route because uh, it was fairly key. Well, ultimately it wasn't because City finally got their game going. And you do. They're not good, are they, Schalke? They're not a good side. I mean, defensively, no. they were terrible. So you feel like City will probably put four past them. Well, Lutz Fannersteel yesterday. Yeah, Lutz Fannersteel yesterday was, was just absolutely determined to, that Schalke had no chance at all. And because Man City had one of those concentration type games, as I call them, which we've yeah. seen in the past in, domestically this season. They had to resort to some fairly un-Guardiola-like tactics to get out of it. I mean, bang a free kick in and then a long ball to Sterling and they've managed to get out of there, get out of jail. But you can't really see Schalke having an effect on the game at the no. Etihad in the return no. leg. No, uh, it should be pretty comfortable. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Paul Hawksby and Luke Moore here on TalkSport. Uh, yesterday we were telling you that um, lightsaber fighting was uh, making a push for uh, the Olympics, trying to become an Olympic sport. And we found from our good friends at British Fencing, they were all for it. Anything yeah. that got people into the sport, they were They, they were, were very nice, very open-minded. Yeah. It was nice to see. Surprisingly, not yeah. at all sniffy about no. it. No. Um, today's uh, story, it kind of takes it on a bit, because I think lightsaber uh, fighting is a ways off. But um, there are all sorts of weird nod sports that get the opportunity to pitch as a proposed sport for uh, the Olympics. 2024, um, 
breakdancing is in the mix. It's fantastic. Surfing, climbing, um, skateboarding, all going to debut at Tokyo uh, 2020. Uh, but breakdancing, they're pushing for 2024, and it's made the shortlist. It's not a huge departure from sort of rhythmic gymnastics, if you think about it, is it? I suppose it's not. similar in principle, is it it's not? It's true. Yeah. It's a kind of yeah. updated version. We, yeah. saw, we speak to someone now who could be a potential Olympian. Yeah. Uh, you remember him from Britain's Got Talent as a winner. He's now an actor. George Sampson joins us. Hi, George. Hey, good afternoon. Hi, George. So how do you feel about the idea of uh, your first great love being uh, an Olympic sport? Well, uh, do you know I'm all for it? I'm all for it. It, it. it took me a while to sort of process. Um, and, and, you know, first, I, I don't speak on behalf of, you know, the breakdance in this country at all. I just speak on behalf of myself. Um, but I'm all for it. I'm absolutely all for it. I uh, I love breakdance. I'm fortunate that, you know, I've made a career out of it. I've been doing it a long time. And, um, you know, there, there are huge events already out there that, that promote breakdance, that bring in, you know, millions of views across the world. And I feel like, you know, it, it's ready for the Olympics. Why not? I think it's been, obviously, it's a physically demanding discipline. It requires a lot of dedication and training. And, of course, you can easily add a competitive element to it the same way you do with gymnastics and all the rest of it. So, really, it kind of makes sense once you start, as you say, processing it and think about it rationally. It does make a little bit of sense, really. It, it already exists. There are, you know, there are, t- there are televised competitions all over the world that, that that's, you know, pulling millions of viewers that there are competitive, there is a discipline, and there is, a, you know, there is the ability to judge break dance on styling on moves and you know um and and so it's, it already exists it's, it's just a matter of telling the people about it and getting and bringing in a wider audience um, was, and, and the olympics is a platform to do that well it was in the youth olympics in buenos aires last year yeah. and it was really popular i mean we've just been watching some stuff it got great crowds and we said yeah the, the role of the hype man which you don't get in many sporting events <laughs> yeah do it's you? brilliant yeah well, that would be quite good in football wouldn't it before a player comes on as a sub there's someone there to sort of say a fantastic blow his trumpet and introduce him to the crowd a lot of the managers do that already in the yeah. technical area don't yeah, they yeah, do yeah. <laughs> effectively well, like the champions league opening music in it yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, so it's look they've tried it in these in, in these youth games, and it did prove. I, we watched some footage earlier on. The, the guys are kind of in track suits with the name of the country on the back. There's no yeah. backwards baseball caps involved. Yeah, it, it's all. Yeah. It's but it's it's made to look like sport. You know, it's it's. Oh, here's what I like about the um the way it was done in the youth Olympics. It was head to head battles. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so it's knockout, yeah. right? So it's a, a very. It's not a case of just just um, doing your routine and they give you a score. You are battling against other people, so right. it's like a knockout yeah. card tournament. Yeah. So it's pretty pretty exciting, really. It's, it is exciting. It's fierce. It's tough, and and you know, it's it's not a case of the problem we've got is is most people that that think about breakdancing that, that aren't actually involved in breakdancing think they could just stick on you know Billie Jean and. and uh, and a white glove, and they're, they're, they're we've all done that, George. Yeah. Late doors, <laughs> at, you know, at Auntie Jones' fiftieth. You know, <laughs> that's the thing. I, you know, I think a lot of people will come round to the idea if they saw it. Like you say, you saw it in the Youth Olympics. You saw that it's competitive. You can see that the kids that are doing it uh, in the Youth Olympics are crazy, and they're amazing at it. And I think once people see it, um, it, it'll get it'll get the nod. I'd love to see it get the nod personally. Yeah. Um, I doubt I'd be representing the country. Um, How old will you yeah. be, George, in twenty twenty four? Oh, I'll be 30. Well, oh, you, you can know, still do it. still do it. Because we didn't have anybody at the youth games. Team GB weren't represented. Uh, so we no. do need... Who better, really, than winner of Britain's Got Talent The campaign starts oh, here. That we have, believe me, in this country, we've got a lot of, uh, a lot of B-boys um, that are unbelievable at the sport. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a dancer by all means, and I do incorporate breakdance, but... Um, there, there, are, there are kids that train day in, day out, breakdowns only, and, and we, we, we do very well. I think we do very well. Yeah. 
Now, it's uh, how's life for you? you? You've you've been in Waterloo Road. You're about going to Emmerdale, is that right? Yeah, life's, life's good. It's been it's been it's been a mixture. It's been a roller coaster, you know. Um, but it's good. It's good. I'm enjoying the acting, um, and I've done a lot of theatre as well. And um, I'm enjoying getting around and, and seeing people and doing stuff. And uh, the, the crazy thing is, I can wake up tomorrow and not know, you know, what the next job's going to be. And there's sort of an excitement to it. And I'm just, you know, I'm there for the ride and I'm enjoying it. Do they keep? Do you keep in touch with Simon Cow? <laughs> no, no. He doesn't no, ring no, you no, now again. No. Say, is doing? that your choice, George? Somebody <laughs> said that. It's like it was your decision. <laughs> I think it's a mutual choice. <laughs> I think we've all got our different ways to do our own different things in life, and you know, you, you sort of after you know, he's good at pushing people. I want to push myself, and then then do my own thing in life. I'm I'm a bit of a maverick like that. I don't want to be told what to do. I just want to do it. I better watch you on Emma Down, mate. He will, yes, yes. Oh, absolutely. I, I made that. Absolutely. I made that. He loves Emmerdale. <laughs> it's a yes, he'll be saying yeah. from me. The, uh, your Manchester United fan, finally, George, is that right? I'm a, I'm a yeah, big United fan, season ticket holder. I love them spits. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's going a lot better than it was a few months ago, isn't it? You must yeah. be feeling quite optimistic now. Well, it's, it's just nice to go to the games, turn up and know that you're going to be sat on the edge of your seat for most of it and you mm. never know what's going to happen and we're going to, you know, we're going to play attacking football. It's, it's, it's lovely. Would you it give him the job full time, George? Would you? Would you? Are you up for that? Or, or I can't. You know, I can't see a reason why not. I think the only the only real test we had was the PSG game at, at home, and um, I think that was a bit of a shell shock. Um, but I think, given time, I think all he could learn from experience is as a manager. Uh, you know, he's, he's obviously played in Champions League and won it and stuff. But yeah, I'd give him the job. Why not? Would you? Will you be at the Liverpool game at the weekend? Absolutely, I'll be there screaming me nuts off. Good man, <laughs> good man. Well, enjoy. Good to talk to you, George. Cheers, George. We, we, I, I, maybe we can take something and twist your arm. Maybe you can go there as a coach. Go to the Olympics. Uh, that, that I would do. Yeah, <laughs> nice one. All the best. Thanks very much. Cheers. Cheers boy. See you later. Bye. George Sampson there. What a nice right? chap. Yeah, nice lad. Britain's Got Talent winner. Series two. And uh, yeah, what about that? Uh, the win. Do you remember the winner the first one was? You, have you ever watched it? I don't really know. I, I, I mean, was, 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 when George won it, was that not the first? That was the second, second one. Second series, it? yeah. First, was, I, I feel like in my mind, Paul, everyone yeah. apart from George who wins it has some sort of dog involved. No, the, the dogs have been involved, but the first one it was Paul Potts, of oh, course, of course the it singer. Was. Yes, turned into a film starring James Corden. That's right. Yeah, yes. yeah. Then have diversity. Uh, yeah, we know about those guys. Yeah. Rather well. We yeah, had, yeah. Uh, they they won it the following year. Are you a fan of the show? No. I've no. got to be honest. I, 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 I've, I've not watched it uh, no. very often. I, I, I think I remember those two. But You're Ashley not... and Pudsey was 2012. Of course, that's when the dog was involved. Right. Okay. Mainly, uh, mainly dance acts. So you've written for most TV shows, but you've not written for that one. No, no. There's <laughs> not a lot of writing. A line involved, for Piers Morgan. No. It'd be quite easy money just to write. It's a no for me. I'm afraid. <laughs> yeah. I think he can manage that himself. Yeah. Well, you anyway, don't know. I'm not sure about that. Yeah. Uh, so still to come this afternoon, we will be uh, hopefully chatting to a Manchester City fan to see if they kind of they put kind of brotherly arm around their sister clubs in Melbourne and New York and well, now in China. It's not what I've got written down here. I've got written down here. We're speaking to Man City because of the Toberone question. Oh, well, I, I, we'll go big on Toberone. We've got to ask George Sampson about it at Old Trafford. It's the biggest club in the world. We didn't yeah. ask him. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Do you remember what it's like being in your 20s? I sometimes look back at that period of my life and laugh just as much as I cringe. If you do the same, then you've got to watch Queenie, the new original series on Hulu. Who is Queenie? Queenie is a 20-something year old living in London. She's facing all the firsts. First major heartbreak, first shitty apartment and soul-sucking job, first therapy session to work through those mommy issues. Can she turn her quarter-life crisis into a revolution? Maybe. 
Will she make some questionable decisions along the way? Definitely. The new series Queenie is now streaming on Hulu. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Paul Hawksby, Luke Moore here on Talk Sports. Uh, we're going to be chatting to the director of a new film, Destination Dewsbury, very shortly, Jack Spring. But first, let's hear a little bit of the trailer. Life finds a way, said Gandhi, or Jeff Goldblum, one of them. And one of them was right. Life does find a way to turn your comfortable middle-class lifestyle into a total night. I had a job. I had a loving wife. You're leaving me. I had a house with a great neighbourhood watch and reliable bin collections. But then it all went to... House friend. Dying. He's not that long left. So we began. That's not good. Four old pals out to see their dying friend. However, the other three. Well, one's a complete idiot. One of them has more problems than the Middle East. And one of them is two women who beat it to the hair between your hole and your hookback. You don't get to talk because it's your fault someone may or may not be lying dead in there because you're a bad friend and a face. Friendship survives. <laughs> it took a bit of uh, judicious editing there. Yes. Um, uh, and as we said, the uh, director of the film, Jack Spring, joins us. Hi, Jack. Good, Good afternoon. How are you? Good, thank you. Yeah, we, we both enjoyed the trailer and we both kind of came to the same conclusion. And it's interesting, you've just said the same thing off here. There is that kind of uh, middle-aged in-betweeners feel to it, isn't yeah. it? It's yeah. got that spirit, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly what we went to. I just found that like, I used to go out drinking in Grimsby every Christmas with my dad and his mates and they were all like you know, 40, 50-year-old blokes and I just found them hilarious. They'd laugh <laughs> at the same stupid words I would. <laughs> and there was, a, you know, there, there was a lack of sort of normal middle-aged men in British cinema. You know, there are lots of middle-aged men, but they're always kind of superheroes and stuff. So I thought, right, you know, make a kind of rude, crude, schoolboy British comedy. It's really refreshing because for me, older people are funnier. The funniest person I have known is my granddad. Yeah. yeah he's, just so, he's just so dry. And, so yeah. and I think we, we are bombarded on TV with young sort of comedy types. And it's yeah. always the same faces, always the same names. And I realised when I watched your trailer earlier, it was just really refreshing. It mm. was really refreshing. Yeah, yeah. And I think they've, the, the, the characters in our film, they're all going through their own midlife crises. 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 That's the right. Yeah, that's it. Um, yeah. And yeah, that you know adds to the come, you know, the the big corruption. Did you write it as well? Uh, I was one of the one of the kind of writing team. We had one principal writer, uh, Aaron Nelson. I'm not very good at writing dialogue, um, but there was a group of four or five of us that kind of all added bits that had actually happened to us in real life right. uh, into like there's a, there's a scene where the main character drops his phone down the toilet on a megabus uh, <laughs> yeah. and that had happened to one of the one of the writing team um so yeah we all kind of chipped in how it how it kind of work is the main writer would write a draft send it to us we would do feedback i think we shot on uh, draft 32 
Right, wow, something okay. along those lines. Um, so yeah, it was a long old process. You know, it took a long time to finance, so we had a lot of time to mess around yeah. with the script. I mean, that's the thing. Right. Getting a film made, we've often did. Noel Clark pops in the sees us now and again. He's man, he's like one man British film industry, but he does seem to get <laughs> stuff made. But he talks us through the process. It's not easy. Torturous, yeah. Money. Yeah, yeah, it's nuts. Like we had to, I had to start an inflatable hot tub hire empire <laughs> to get the thing funded. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I dropped out of university. I did a year at York Uni. Dropped out. Um, didn't know any rich people wanted to raise 150 grand to make a movie uh, and no one would meet me because I was 18 and had no prior business experience. <laughs> so I thought, right, I need to start a business. Uh, so yeah, like my granddad sent me like 500 quid to buy an inflatable hot tub because uh, I convinced him that was a good way to spend 500 quid. Uh, you this know, sounds like a plot yeah. of a film yeah. to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Do like <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, bought a hot tub, rented it out to basically all of our customers were middle-aged women. Uh, so I rented it out to a few middle-aged women and then a few weeks later I had enough for two hot tubs, three hot tubs, four hot tubs. and then How many did you end up with? About 65 a year later. We had really? like nine different cities all with like people dropping them off like across the UK. Wow. Yeah, it became, we monopolized the commercial aquatics industry. <laughs> <laughs> Jack's inflatable hot tubs. Yeah. Is what a, yeah, what a film that would be. Yeah, yeah. It it was, it, yeah. We had to kind of find a sideways step into the film industry. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, we'd just sit there and moan that we had no money. So <laughs> we thought, right, we'll go and impress investors and then so, went back a year later. So were you, would you be prepared to go back to the inflatable hot tub industry again Absolutely if you have to? Absolutely not. Yeah. No, okay. Right, I had yeah. like, you know, I was based up in York while we were running it and it was just me for a long time running it and I'd get calls from like middle-aged in Southampton that had put a cigarette out on their inflatable hot tub <laughs> at 2am on a Sunday <laughs> and would ring me saying oh I flooded our entire block of flats it's like right well why have you done that <laughs> <That's your vibe. laughs> yeah, yeah, you knew what would happen yeah. 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 did you see what, what it was made of yeah. I mean yeah. you hadn't really thought that through yeah. so yeah. did you retract Re, uh, kind of retain one of them do you ever kind of luxuriate yourself my mum's got three or four in her garage she used to get like a, a free hire for Christmas and birthday for two or three years <laughs> well I know a couple of presenters on this station who would do, be happy to take one off your hands I yeah suppose. I'm sure they'll be <laughs> yeah, one certainly. of them sitting next to me yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> there, the novelty medallion. wears off <laughs> yeah, yeah. once they've been rented out a few times and they've had all sorts of oh, funky God. liquid don't go there. Well, <laughs> yeah that's, that's yeah. the thing the, um, do they have a drinks holder in them built in they don't they don't we, we did start buying inflatable drink holders though that you could float uh, nice. Put your beer in, but they capsized. Is there the an radius. inflatable hot tub cameo in the movie? There's a nod to did your previous exploits. We did because we we shot the whole thing in Jewsbury, which is near Leeds, and that was one of the cities we operated the hot tub empire out of. Uh, so I was trying to get free hot tubs for the, the casting crew. We just didn't have time. We were like shooting 14-hour days, and the last thing we wanted to yeah. do is being. How did you find the actors then? How did you find the cast? Uh, I found them online. Okay. Uh, Tinder. No, um, <laughs> I, I have quite a unique casting process in that I, I you know, we put like a, a normal casting call out, get sure. a couple of hundred tapes for each role. I watch them and maybe there's three or four that I think are kind of A, feel real, and B, by the end of their tape, I'm still amused, so I want to watch more of them. Like they're, in, they're engaging enough, basically. Uh, and then I do an immense amount of internet stalking, you know, watch everything they've ever been in online. If they're like in a play in London, I'll go watch it. Uh, and then I meet two or three for each role in a Weatherspoons. The one right. just outside Victoria. Right. Uh, and we chat for like two or three hours. You know, so by this point, I've, I've done some quite like primary, I call it a script analysis. So like every human being and every character has a, what I call a spine. So like a reason you get out of bed in the morning where it's like, like make a load of money, impress your dad, win an Oscar, like everyone has one. Uh, so I work out what the character's spines are. And then I meet the people for like two or three hours and kind of choose the actor who in real life, I think, has the closest spine. Wow. So like, you know, one of the, the Gaz, one of the, one of the, um, one of the characters, um, I thought I'd got the casting right. Uh, and then we all went, the, the people that I kind of had penciled in who turned out to be the cast, we went on this camping trip and, and Gaz's spine is to care for those around him. And we got really, really drunk. And by the time we'd all woken up the next morning, Dan, who plays Gaz, had cooked us all a fried breakfast and made us coffee. So I was like, Tick. So he was in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of, you know, for, for every you know, character and actor over that weekend, I worked out that I'd got it right. And, you know, so we kind of firmed, firmed the offers up for them and 
Yeah, it's great. A bit like being a young manager in a dressing room. I mean, you're you're younger than the cast. Does that ever present any problems or not? No, it's really exciting. Mm. It was it was a bit weird, you know. And and the next film that we're doing, all all the cast are quite older as well, and and um, it is a bit weird in that I guess the director actor relationship is a bit like father son. You know, you are chummy, but ultimately, you know, you've got a job to do. Yeah, yeah, the stuff you got to get done. And I think they found it quite refreshing. You know, there's lots of energy. Like the average age of the, the entire crew was like 22. So it's literally a bunch of kids running around trying right. to put a movie together. Yeah. Yeah. And it was great. You know, like, they really enjoyed it. We had two weeks of rehearsal, um, like just the way that I direct. You know, I lock myself away, do six weeks of script analysis, then two weeks of rehearsal, and then we shoot. So everyone kind of knows what they're doing. And in that two weeks, you know, you really kind of get quite intimate with the guys and you bond and you, know, you, you, you literally like living. And, and your yeah. process obviously sounds very different from the way that an average movie would be made. Yeah, yeah. I think like a film of that budget, particularly when you don't have to, you know, we didn't have enough money for big names, basically, so we mm. don't have to go through. You know, it gets a bit. The process we're going through now for for the next one is a bit different in that you can't actually meet the actors until they accept the offer. Right. So you know, you have, you have right. to do quite a lot of guesswork on their spines. You know, like I listen to podcasts, all their interviews online, yeah, and kind of try and work them out as people that way. Um, but yeah, it is a bit different. You know, usually you, you do your tapes. You know, you invite a third of the people in they do a few lines for you and then they, they go away but it's like you know it's like just a job interview you know if you've got some smarts you know what they want to hear you'll say it and <laughs> if, if you cast like that and you know say it might be a really good reading they do the line once you know two months down the line when you're shooting they're going to do it the same way no you know you, you're going to be stuck on set like oh yeah do it like you did it and then they're not going to yeah, you know yeah, you yeah. can't direct like it that's mm. not how it works um yeah i think any like you know there's no right or wrong way to make a film it's like yeah, there's no right or wrong way to paint a painting. So. No, it's and true. And also, you haven't got, obviously, because <clears throat> of your age, you don't have a huge amount of experience. You imagine you just pick up skills along the way. Because Martin Scorsese said a good director can get a performance out of anyone. Yeah. So so as you move through and you get experience, you'll find different ways of, of, of drawing those performances out, right? Yeah, and like even though I am young, I've been doing it since I was about 12. Like, I used right, to like, yeah. make a film like most weekends. Like, I write something on a Friday, shoot Saturday, edit Sunday. And you know I'd use the same couple of actors, like me pals um mum and dad jack and elva they're both professional actors so we like the first 10 films we did was with them guys in their house how do they feel about that they love it they did they make the ca- like, they, oh, they, are yeah. they in this film did they get a cameo not in this one i'm trying to squeeze them into the next one yeah yeah oh good uh, but no they're great and you know like we just made a load of films so it feels like you know i've almost been doing it 10 years even though like i'm sure. still a, just a it's very large a child. brilliant story <laughs> the one the process We're all just large did children it. it's it's um so where can people see it and how do they get to see it and when's it out? So we've got our premieres this weekend. Um, Showcase Cinemas are the UK theatrical distributor. Um, so Showcase Cinemas, um, it's being released initially. They've got a big cinema in Dewsbury. Um, so it's in, released initially there. If it does well in the first couple of weeks, they push it nationwide. Um, you know, If it's not going to sell in Dewsbury, I'm going to sell anywhere else. <laughs> um, we've got the premieres this weekend. One in Dewsbury on Saturday, one at Prince Charles in Leicester Square on Great, it's Sunday, a great cinema. Which is cool. Yeah, I'm yeah, really excited. Yeah. Like We sold out a couple of months ago. Yeah, really it's excellent. Fun. It's called yeah. Destination Dewsbury. Look out for it. Uh, yeah. And the next film, uh, have you, have you, yeah, can you tell really us anything exciting. about that? Yeah, it's called Three Day Millionaire. Um, so it's all set in Grimsby, um, which is exciting. Um, it's all about fishermen used to go out to sea um, and they'd go for 21 days. They'd come back to land for three days uh, and they were known as Three Day Millionaires. They'd go get pinstripe suits made. They'd take a load of ecstasy. And in the, in the film, you're introduced to the girls that work in the fish factory. You've got this big kind of working class social group kind of this is england-esque uh, and they they you know, it, it, the fisherman folklore was that if you didn't have kids and wife and you went back to sea with money it was unlucky your ship would sink so you had three days to basically spend a month of wages and you know so in the film they go out partying and then the, the guys get the call on the sunday saying the fishing industry's you know gone you're not going back to sea and they've spent all their money so they perform a rather ambitious heist and it all goes wrong wow. that actually sounds really good yeah. it's awesome awesome so i got sent the script and within like two or three pages it was a writer from hull wrote it and it was originally set in Hull 
but that was the first change I made. <laughs> um, <laughs> you are, you're sitting there in your Grimsby yeah. shirt, so you're Absolutely. obviously a Grimsby Town fan. Massive Grimsby Town fan. Yeah. Um, prop on, you get to the games, don't you, as much as you yeah, can yeah. these days? Yeah, quite a lot, yeah. We had yeah. Palace away in a cup a few weeks ago, which was really fun. Like, growing up in South London, I had an awful lot of Palace fans and came so close. Yeah. 87th minute, we let a goal in. Hmm. But held him with uh, 10 men for 80, 87 minutes. <laughs> Very proud. And you've got a bit of a celebrity. Uh, Thomas Turgus, you said he's come along at your premiere, is he? Yeah, 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 yeah on Sunday. Which is cool. he's and Lloyd Grimsby. Griffith as well. Uh, I think he's fan. on tour. Yeah, he uh, is. Yeah, so he can't make it. But yeah, it's the holy trinity fan. of Grimsby fans. It isn't is. It? <laughs> it is. Yeah, you guys <laughs> take on the world. Well, Lloyd, Lloyd's mum still owns a B and B in Cleethorpes, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah she's nice. quite well known around town for, uh, yeah, her B and B. Fantastic. Good stuff. Um, well, I'd love it to see you. No, pleasure. I, I, I think Alan you. Buckley will be coming to the premiere. Well, I, mean, uh, I, mean, I, I hope it, so. You have Good to have Alan Buckley. If you're a Grims, if, you know, he's got to come along. It's, yeah. like, it's, like, it's, it's so. almost it's like royal patronage at Grims. <laughs> <now, isn't it? laughs> he gets an automatic invite. I think, yeah. Well, we're trying to build a new stadium. We have been for like 25 years, and I hope we get an Alan Buckley statue. They've yeah. just announced yesterday there's uproar on the uh, Grimsby message board because the floodlights that we bought from Wolverhampton Wanderers in 1958, they're being torn down at the end of the season. Wow. There's all sorts of talk of people chaining themselves to the floodlights so they can't get torn down. George Mendes has asked for them back. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. 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 that's right. Where are my floodlights? <laughs> lovely to see you, Jack. Continue. It's what a lovely story, and we, we hope the, f- the film is very successful. Yeah, good luck to you, Jack. We will speak to you again. The Hawksby and Jacob's daily podcast from TalkSport. Hawksby Luke Moore here on TalkSport and uh, we're still looking this afternoon for uh, details of whether Toblerone's are sold in your club shop. It, it seems very scattergun their marketing to the world of football. We get personalised ones made, well, with the, the team name on it. I, this is because our old mate Henry Winter took a picture in the Bristol City Club shop the other day and they had a fine display of, um, of Bristol City-inspired uh, Toblerone's with the name of the club yeah. on it. Um, we've been hearing about other ones. Weymouth, Celtic, Kilmarnock. West Brom, the Kilmarnock. The pricing structure's all over the shop. Some want twelve ninety nine. Some want seven fifty. I've had a couple of tweets um, from people saying it'd be a massive missed opportunity if neither of the Dundee clubs um, do it because Alan Partridge famously drove to Dundee in his bare feet and ate Toblerone. So there's an yeah. obvious tie in there. You'd want to pick marketing people at Dundee and Dundee United need to yeah. get on that if they haven't already. Something for the final hour then, uh, Luke. We'll get the listeners in on this. Um, this was something that uh, the New York Times did recently, a project they did. They did it, for some reason, the New York Times did extensive research into regional dialects in the UK and Ireland. Yeah. And they were interested in how words for the same thing are different in different parts of the country. The UK's brilliant for that. Well, it's they looked so at diverse. the word, for example, one of them, they looked at, how would you describe heavy rain? Now, in Cardiff, Brighton and Liverpool, they use, I mean, that's just, it, it begins with P. Yeah. There's a couple of S's in it, <laughs> and I probably won't say this. But you get the idea, that's yeah. what they went with. But then in Glasgow, we went with pelting. Yeah. In uh, Black Country was bucketing. Manchester was lashing. Uh, chucking in Oxford, Leeds, Cambridge, Newcastle. Uh, caning in London. Okay. I've never heard that. Tipping in Birmingham and Bristol. So it's, look, it's a bit scattered. And I was trying to think, is there a kind of sporting or a football equivalent? And the word that came to mind was when your team is beaten. Yeah, it's a great you, one in Scotland. Well, it's my favourite. Yeah, You're you, go, you go ahead. No, you go ahead. Gubbed. Gubbed, exactly. It's, yeah. I love it. Gubbed. It sounds wonderful. So, gubbed. Scotland are very good for football-related describe words. Because, you know, a, a football-related fight in Scotland will be a stramash. Really? A stramash. A stramash. I've never S-T-R-A-M-A-S-H. heard that one. S-T-R-A-M-A-S-H. Stramash, yeah. I've never heard that one before. So, yeah. if you want to uh, add, we might add to the list this afternoon. Obviously, you know, you get uh, slaughtered. 
Yeah, battered, and there's one battered. There's, there's one that used to be. Uh, if I can try and remember what it was, there was one that uh, the inspiration. There's one for the teenagers. Inspiration was <laughs> Ken Dodd's Diddy Men. Yeah. People used to say we were marmalized. Yeah. Do you remember I, I, that? I, yeah, I do vaguely. Yeah. yeah. Oh, by the way, I've got a tweet fresh in from Oliver Moss who says he spotted some Toblerone at the Palace Club Shop just before Christmas. So Crystal Palace. Yeah. I'm stocking them. Maybe it was a Christmas thing, and and just Bristol yeah. City have got a lot left. Yeah. Totally. They've still no one got them. them. Yeah, no They're only them. a short run around Christmas. They'll be out for stocking fillers again in a yeah, few months. Yeah, they could be. So anyway, uh, those regional. If, if your team gets beat. What is the word that you tend to use? We'll build a bit of a glossary of those for the New York Times this afternoon. Talksport.com forward slash H and J. Text to eight ten eighty nine. Tweet to T S H and J. What was the first thing you'd think of? You know, how did you get on against so and so this week? I don't know what I'd say. I'd probably say we got you know, slaughtered is the obvious battered, Ma- I'd say. Battered, yeah. yeah. Mashed. Mashed I've been known to use. Pumped. That's, yeah, pumped <laughs> is another good yeah. one. Yeah. So look, keep them coming then if you know any other regional variations. But you, you go well to beat gubbed. Talksport.com forward slash H and J. Text to eight ten eighty nine. Tweet the TSH and J. Yesterday we spoke to Gareth Bale, not the footballer, uh, the uh, actor, and we asked him whether his name was a blessing or a curse. He's a Welsh uh, actor doing a fine one man play about the late great uh, Ray Gravel, and he did it for the Welsh squad. And he said generally a blessing. And so you were telling us we never got a chance to do these of sharing a name of famous people, whether it's a blessing or a curse. My wife worked in Birmingham City Centre years ago, Rich uh, told us, um, and ordered turkeys from M&S for Christmas. One of us uh, and another for a colleague called Bernard Matthew. <laughs> so she had to go in there and say, oh, yeah, the turkeys are ready. Uh, who are you picking them up? One for Bernard Matthew. Yeah. And was told to, uh, well, to disappear. Yeah, it wasn't massively if, impressed. If you're called Bernard Matthews, yeah. it must be an absolute minefield to navigate Christmas. Because really? everyone wants a turkey. Yeah. You know, so you're going to have to go and buy. If you're, if you're ordering them like that, which a lot of supermarkets, you have to order them in advance, people are going to think you're taking the mickey out of them every single time. Indeed, yeah. My name is Paul Simons, says Paul. Uh, it's not quite the same, but I occasionally get a tweet saying, really enjoyed the show last night, Paul. You're the best. You can call me Al, which is terrible. <laughs> Uh, once he said there was also a curtain superstar, a superstore bearing my name, and that wasn't much fun. He no. said, I don't see why not. No. Um, my dad's name was James Garner, says uh, Andy. He was neither a Maverick-style card shark or a private investigator, but he was a lovely fellow. I don't know who James Garner is. Is he the, was he the he name was of the, the Rockford title? Files? Okay, right. Rockford I don't Files? really remember you that. Know, no. it's a yeah. Different era. Yeah. And uh, what about this? Alex says uh, I have friends who are twins called Lee and Chris Evans. Spelled differently, but still a blinder. Mm. Not so bad. So I think we've exhausted those. Thanks for all those. We <laughs> I, got I, know a, um, I know someone called Pete Doherty, which he used to be famous, didn't he, like 10 years ago? Yeah. He was all over the pages, wasn't he? All over the press. Is that a blessing or a curse? Probably a curse for him, I'd have thought. I would have thought, yeah. On, on, the, on the phone for us today, of course, uh, Andy Carroll. Andy Carroll, yeah. Yeah, Andy Carroll. If that causes him... Uh... Well, he likes to drink as much as Andy yeah. Carroll does. Yeah. <laughs> so, so they say. Don't like paying for him, mind, but... So they say. Yeah. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. There we are. That was this afternoon show. I will be lobbying. I mean, Daniel Levy at the moment has got very little else to worry about. Yeah. So I think he'll put, on his in-tray, Toblerones will be very much at the top. No more cheese room. Bring in a Toblerone room. Yeah. I think the fans will be uh, will be happy and sated by that news. Marvellous. Okay. First. Well, look, we're back tomorrow, aren't we? Yeah, look forward to it. Uh, thanks for downloading us, and we will catch up with you then from one. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, 
you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.